It's been an intriguing start to the knockout stages of the UEFA Champions League. On Tuesday, Benfica took a narrow lead over Zenit with a dramatic late goal. Whilst in the French capital, a thoroughly entertaining game saw Paris Saint-Germain edge out Chelsea, leaving the tie on a knife edge. Edinson Cavani! A substitution par excellence! Paris Saint-Germain 2, Chelsea 1. Then on Wednesday, Real Madrid travelled to Rome and in a tense affair, it was that man once again who broke the deadlock to set up an impressive victory. Cristiano Ronaldo on his way, turn inside, onto his right foot, and what a finish from Cristiano Ronaldo! He's lit up the game in only the way that Cristiano Ronaldo can do! In Belgium, Ghent took on a Julian Draxler-inspired Wolfsburg, who held on for an important away win in that tie. Draxler's in on goal, he's won the ball, he's dinked it over the goalkeeper. You have to say, that is simply magnificent. Julian Draxler. You'll hear from key players and head coaches, including Laurent Blanc, Hussedink, Rui Vittoria and Andre Villas-Boas, as we analyse all the week's action right here on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Hello, I'm Rob Daly. There's so much to talk about after two more entertaining nights in the UEFA Champions League at the start of the knockout stages. Let's start with a classified check on all the week's results in the round of 16 first leg ties. On Tuesday, Paris Saint-Germain 2, Chelsea 1, Benfica 1, Zenit 0. And on Wednesday, Roma 0, Real Madrid 2, Ghent 2, Wolfsburg 3. We'll return to the big match analysis very shortly, but let's start with Tuesday's action and Paris Saint-Germain beating Chelsea. This one watched by Ian Danter. It's all a little bit again congested and tight for space, but Azar sees to that and finds Baba Rackman. Cross in! Diego Costa pushed onto the crossbar by Kevin Trapp. What an unbelievable save from the German. It's Ibrahimovic from 21 metres through the wall and in! Slatan has scored for Paris Saint-Germain! And the Parc des Prats goes wild! Another corner then for William to strike, a right-footed outswinger. Looking to the near post, flicks on, Jack Toby Mikhail! He's equalised! John Obi Mikhail makes it 1-1, right to the end of the first half. William plays it through, Diego Costa blocked by Trapp. Didn't know much about it, the German keeper, but he came out to block and he did what he had to do to keep it at 1-1. Oh, lovely ball over the top for Cavani, right-hand side in the area! Edinson Cavani! A substitution par excellence from Laurent Blanc. And Edinson Cavani screams with joy as he puts Paris Saint-Germain back in front. Paris Saint-Germain 2, Chelsea 1. Well, it was an exceptional game and Paris Saint-Germain head coach Laurent Blanc was pleased to leave with a first leg lead, but knows it could have been so much more. I was upset at half-time because of the way we conceded a goal in the final seconds of the half. I think when I watch the game back, I will see that we had two or three opportunities to keep the ball. But instead, we lost it too easily, one of the few occasions when we gave it away in the match. We only had to defend two corner kicks in the whole game and conceded a goal from one of them. 
Well, despite the defeat, Chelsea head coach Chris Hiddink believes his side still have a strong chance of progressing ahead of the second leg in London. A defeat is never a good or nice feeling, but you have to consider it's a two-leg game and scoring away is always good. We emphasize on that. Of course, we emphasize on a very good tactical defensive organization, but I think we had some danger also. We were not uh, killing in the in the four or five counters we had. I think we could have gone a little bit further than that. But uh, losing 2-1, of course, we were still in the race. Well, let's hear from the two men who impressed on the night for Chelsea despite the defeat. Coming up, goal scorer John Obi mikel but first defender Gary Cahill. You've seen what they're doing here this season, not just in the league, but in the European competition as well. It's a very tough place to come and play. The sucker punch was obviously the one at the end. To take 1-1 back to Stamford Bridge would be great. But nevertheless, you know, we've got that away goal which we really wanted. And it's perfectly poised now for the home game. We're not out of the tie yet. Uh, we've got a goal to take back home. So in the second leg, we have to build on that. We're playing well, we're doing things right. And uh, hopefully if we carry on like this, uh, we will not only in the Champions League, but in the league table back home. We will start winning games and hopefully we can climb over the table. The thoughts of uh, John Obi-Kell, Gary Cahill, uh, before that as well as Chelsea, who lost 2-1 at Paris Saint-Germain. European football journalist Chris Parrott is alongside me. Chris, a result that Paris Saint-Germain certainly deserved. It could have been more, uh, but Chelsea restricted to them to that 2-1 scoreline. Who do you see as favourites to progress now? Paris Saint-Germain, purely because... They won the game. I think uh, Gosiddink said 50-50. Um, certainly, there was, there was a big save from Thibaut Courtois right at the end from Slatan Ibrahimovic. Had, had a third goal gone in, they really would have been in command. But a word of caution, of course, these two are playing for the third season running in the knockout stages. In the last two years, the team who has supposedly got the better first leg result has actually gone out. So it's going to be a brilliant, brilliant night at Stamford Bridge. Uh, I think Ankel Di Maria was the big money summer signing for Paris Saint-Germain to take them to the next level. They want to win the competition and he came up with that, that moment of magic, almost uh, justifying the price tag and it was a brilliant ball for Cavani and that really was the difference because it, it was an excellent game and I fully expect the second leg to be just as good. You'd be hard-pressed to, to say who's going to go through but they have a 2-1 lead. It has to be Paris Saint-Germain who are favourites but only just. To what extent do Chelsea pull their focus into this tie in the FA Cup now with the Premier League? They're way off that 12th, 12th in the table. Yeah, they will. And uh, it's been echoes really for the last couple of months really looking ahead to this about when they, they went and won the competition back in under Roberto Di Matteo because they switched coach. They didn't have the best league form, but they went and won the competition. Somehow it was a remarkable run, wasn't it? But absolutely, it's... It's one of their best chances of silverware and it's certainly the best chance of getting back in, in the UEFA Champions League next season. So it's a, absolutely is, is the key for them. It always looked a very tough tie for both teams who I think against most other teams would have been favourites. But it was always very difficult to pick. And, and that first leg really, we didn't get much of an indication. What it was, was a, a fascinating, compelling football match. And I think the second leg at Stamford Bridge will be just as good. Uh, you can hear all the action from that second leg right here on Match Day Live on Wednesday, the 9th of March. Also on Tuesday night, Benfica hosted Zenit. Your commentator for this one was Match Day Live's Mark Scott. Hulk over a free kick, about 25 metres out for a goal. It's going to be Hulk to strike it! Well, only a whisker away from putting 
the visitors into the lead. Jimenez on the overlap, drills uh, in across, and it's uh, knocked down here for Gaitan. Brilliant save, and the rebound is over the top. Cresito has already been cautioned, and his challenge there was risky, and Cresito is going to be showing a second yellow card, and in the final minute of the 90, Zenit are down to 10 men. The free kick from that has come in, and it's gone in! They have the goal, Benfica! Would you believe it in the final minute of the 90? It is Benfica 1, 10-man Zenit nil. Jonas with that winning goal. He has been excellent for Benfica this season and their head coach, Rui Vittoria, was pleased with his side's efforts and once more the same in the return leg in Russia. This tie is still open. The score obviously gives us the advantage, but I believe we can score in St. Petersburg, where of course it will be a difficult match. But we will fight until the very last minute with determination and confidence in our ability. Rui Vittoria, the Benfica head coach. That result coming for Benfica just days after they lost O Clasico to fierce rivals Porto. A big result for them, Chris, and not conceding that away goal as well might prove key. Absolutely huge. And, of course, it means if they score in St. Petersburg, Zenit would have to get three. Uh, Zenit absolutely brilliant in, in the group stage. They won their first five games that I think Benfica will be delighted. They managed to nullify Hulk. Um, Rui Vittoria saying he's... a almost 100% sure they will score in the return leg, which would put them in a in a wonderful position. You mentioned Jonas there, came up with a big goal. And I just think the winter break Zenit have been on by the end. They look leggy, players were cramping up, and we know in this competition you have to go right until the final whistle. And, and they just, they didn't switch off. They almost ran out of gas because they put in a, a really good performance, committed, had to work hard, and in the end, they, they were ground down. They'll have two domestic games, one in the Cup, one in the Russian Premier League, before the second leg, and, and getting up to absolute match speed will be vital. Can they overturn it? Yes, they can, but if Benfica were to score in Russia, Zenit really would be up a, have a, have a big mountain to climb. OK, let's get the thoughts of uh, Zenit head coach Andre Villas-Burst, who, of course, made a return to Portugal on Tuesday night. A little bit harsh for the effort that we make. It's not a big uh, problem because uh, it's 1-0, it's recoverable. It's a difficult stadium to play um, Petrovsky. I think we still have a chance. 0-0 was better, of course, but uh, uh, I value the effort of the players and we, we hopefully we can uh, be stronger in the second leg. Uh, you also mentioned Andre Villas-Boas. He said we have another two games before the second leg, which will allow us to gain some more match fitness. And it was a pity we conceded so close uh, to the end. But no Javi Garcia, and, and it's not the only suspension for the second leg. No, it isn't. Because uh, Garcia up against his former club, Benfica, will be a big miss for Zenit Kushita having been sent off. But Benfica have Fondre Almeida and Jardel will be ruled out of that second leg. So some, some changes coming around. Um, we watch a lot of Russian football and, and Zenit are absolutely capable of overturning that. Andre Vespers mentioned the atmosphere at Petrovsky. It'll be absolutely bouncing. But, but Zenit, in recent years, they've, they've looked very good. And then when things have been expected of them, and they were this season in the UEFA Champions League, having been so good in the group yeah. stage, they haven't quite managed to, to put out the performance you'd expect. Well, they're going to have to do that in the second leg. I still think it's... It's really fascinatingly poised. And from a neutral point of view, Zenit will have to come out and attack. And that should make it a really open, entertaining contest. OK, next up on the show, we're going to have analysis and reaction from Wednesday night's games. No to racism. No to racism. No to racism. No to racism. 
Lionel Messi, Gareth Bale, Robin Van Persie, Franck Ribéry, Edinson Cavani and Kevin Prince Boateng are just a few of the UEFA Champions League stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Daly alongside Chris Parrott for your review of the week's UEFA Champions League action on Wednesday in the round of 16 tie. The Stadio Olimpico Roma met the 10-time winners, Real Madrid, in their first leg. Adam Summerton, watch this one for Match Day Live. Marcelo picks it up on the left-hand side here. Chest down and gets Cristiano Ronaldo on his way. Turn inside, onto his right foot. And what a finish from Cristiano Ronaldo. He's lit up the game in only the way that Cristiano Ronaldo can do. Straight across to Zinedine Zidane. Embraces his head coach, taking charge of his first UEFA Champions League game. He bent it right-footed beyond the despairing dive of Wojtek Szczesny. And Real Madrid have a crucial away goal. James Rodriguez with Ronaldo in the middle towards Cristiano Ronaldo, whose header goes just wide. So, so close to a second for Real Madrid. Works his way to the edge of the air. for Dzeko! Oh, he's hit the side net. Esse now on as a second half substitute as Benzema to his left. Running at pace, the substitute into the area now. Tries a right footed shot in. Oh, that is magnificent. What a finish by Esse to pick out the bottom right hand corner. But that is a quite sensational finish from Esse to make it Roma nil, Real Madrid 2. And Adam Summerton joins us now on the show. Adam Zenedine Tadan's first UEFA Champions League game. As a head coach, how do you think his side performed to get that win? Well, I think that they relied to begin with on a moment of real brilliance from Cristiano Ronaldo that got them in front in a very tight game that could have easily gone either way, really. Roma put in a very good performance, a performance that I don't think you could have expected from them six weeks ago. You could see the improvement that there's already been under Spalletti. I thought that they created chances, but it was that moment of real quality from Cristiano Ronaldo. And the only moment that I could really criticise Roma defensively from which they conceded the second, backing off and backing off to allow Hesse to, to run in on them. It's something that Spalletti has highlighted before. It's a problem with Roma, that, that backing off that they do. And they were punished for it brutally. And you'd expect that from a side like Real Madrid. So he'll have been glad Zinedine Zidane to get that first one under his belt. His side have got a very good 2-0 victory. Uh, clearly massive favourites now in terms of, of the tie and you know although they were far from their best and Roma didn't allow them to be at their best it was a job well done for Real Madrid of course it was Rafa Benitez who guided them through the group stage Chris you seeing much of a difference between that Real Madrid and the one we saw at the Stadio Olimpico I think they have uh, a bit more freedom certainly and the players seem trusted is the wrong word but they go out and they do what they're paid for and, and what they're brilliant at I think he absolutely trusts at the back Varane and Ramos, if uh, if the players flood forward, that they'll be OK. And they were absolutely brilliant on Wednesday night. Those two were really terrific display from both of them. And I think going forward, happy to, to allow them to, to interchange. They don't need coaching that much. They're brilliant players. Um, two outstanding goals. I think he'll be delighted with their defensive performance as well, Real Madrid. But... You know, when you have Cristiano Ronaldo, who who people before the game, he actually got up and, and left a press conference because he was asked about scoring goals away from home, why he hadn't since November. Well, boy, did he answer it with that opening goal. It, it was 
it was him in a moment that little flick back we've seen so many times and then just he absolutely thundered it and it, it swerved and dipped and it was beyond Suchesny into the back of the net it was a it was a fabulous goal because up until then it was very very tight but Ronaldo delivered when it really mattered and that is why he is still world-class and, and he's one of the greatest players ever to have graced the UEFA Champions League. But Adam, ultimately, Spalletti's game plan appeared to be going pretty well until Ronaldo scored that goal. It did, and I think starting with a false nine in the first half tactically seemed to work because whilst they were restricting Real Madrid as an attacking threat, they also offered a threat of their own at the other end, albeit not all guns blazing, but they yeah. did create chances. I understood why he left Jekko out, and I think I said in commentary during the game, I understood why he brought him on when he did as well, because it was the right time in the game to introduce him. You know, and in a different, on a different day, Jekko gets an equalising goal. You know, he had that fantastic chance where he hit the side netting. He will know that, you know, it's all well and good saying it in hindsight, but he needed to hit across the goal, and he hit, tried to take the near post and hit the side netting. A decision you make in you know, in a, in a split second, and he'll have wished he took the, the, the other road. But, um, yeah, he offered something different. They were getting it wide. They were trying to get crosses in when he came on. He was holding up play. He, he set up with his back to goal a brilliant opportunity for Van Kerr, which whistled just wide of the post. And that's the key thing to point out here, that at 1-0, Roma had two, possibly three chances to equalise. So it, it wasn't... You felt... I felt a little sorry for them in the end. I, can, I think 2-0 was maybe sort of flattered Real Madrid a little bit, perhaps. Yeah, I'd agree. And, uh, and Edin Dzeko, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start. The one thing I thought at the end, which would set it all, was the applause from the Roma supporters yeah. and from Luciano Spalletti. Yeah, they'd lost, but almost everyone in the ground applauded the performance of their team. OK, let's get the thoughts of Roma goalkeeper Wojciech Czesny, who was in reflective mood and had an honest assessment of the evening. They had a bit of luck. They were a little bit more decisive in the final third, and, and that made a difference. But overall, I think I think we we played a good game against a very good opposition. They, they scored a goal from the deflection, and we have a couple of chances that we we don't take advantage of, and and that that makes a difference in in, in games like this. So um, they have the quality, and and that was the, the luck was on their side as well. I think we defended pretty well, and uh, that's also a, a good quality to have. So um, uh, as I said, overall, I think I think we we played a very good game, and and um, we were tough, we were strong, and and uh, defended pretty well. They created a couple, couple clear-cut chances uh, other than the two goals that they scored. Not to disappoint with the performance, but obviously the result is disappointing. Uh, Wojciech Szczesny there, the Roma goalkeeper on loan from Arsenal, beaten twice, Ronaldo and Hesse uh, with the goals. Adam, now what's the objective Roma second leg? What do they do when they go to Madrid with this very difficult tie to turn around? Well, it's, it's very difficult for them, isn't it? I don't think there's any point in us trying to paint a, a different picture. Um, they just... Again, it's a case of containment, like they did tonight, but at the same time, they've got to offer a threat. They've got to have something going forward. I can understand Chris saying as well about maybe it's um, a game for Dzeko. Maybe they, they might need that outlet, that outball a little bit more at the Bernabeu than maybe they did at home. But, you know, Luciano Spalletti, for me, is a very good tactical coach. You have to be to survive in Italy. If you're not a good tactical coach, you won't last five minutes. So I think he showed that tonight. I think he got his tactics... Um, you couldn't say spot on because they lost the game, but I, I think that tactically they were set up very well, Roma. Doing it from 2-0 down at the Bernabeu is it's just a, a thankless task, really. It's hard to say how they'll approach the game. but Yeah, um, think back to Schalke. Uh, what was it last season? They came close to, yeah. to doing it to Real Madrid. OK, uh, Adam, we'll be back with you for your man of the match before the end of the show. Our second feature game saw knockout stage newbies going head-to-head -head in Belgium as Ghent took on Wolfsburg, watched by UEFA.com's John Bradley.
That's a wonderful turn by Julian Draxler. On the ball goes to Vierinha. Back towards Draxler. It's a wonderful goal. Clinical breakaway downfield by Wolfsburg. And they have got the goal their first half display has deserved. Draxler's in on goal. He's won the ball. He's dinked it over the goalkeeper. You have to say that is simply magnificent. Julian Draxler. It's a lovely ball in behind by Vierinha. Across the face of goal. It is a wonderful Wolfsburg third goal, which has been scored by Max Kruser. Here's Sven Kums looking to give Ghent a semblance of hope. He shoots low and he scores. It's a wonderful goal by the Ghent captain. Now Saif takes over on his left foot, delivers hard and low. It's headed down and into the back of the net. It's Khalifa Kulibali, the substitute, who has given Ghent an even bigger grab of the rope in this tie. They're clinging on. It's Ghent 2, Wolfsburg 3. Well, commentator John Bradley joins us now on the show. John, a bit of a broad question here, but did Wolfsburg deserve to win the game for you? Without a shadow of a doubt, Rob, they, they dominated the first half. Uh, they managed to get their three goals. And if anything, perhaps if you were going to be critical of them, maybe they just took the foot off the gas a little. Maybe they tired a little in the last 15 minutes. But certainly the team known as the, the Buffaloes put on a real stampede in that last 10 minutes. Ghent certainly didn't know uh, when to lie down and, and they kept on fighting. And Khalifa Koulibaly has only played 14 minutes in the UEFA Champions League this season. <laughs> he scored as many goals as what? Edison Cavani and Neymar now. He's got two. <laughs> uh, well, match winner Julian Draxler, two goals for him was asked to reflect on Wolfsburg's narrow win over Ghent. I think uh, we did a very good game, so um, we had to lead 3-0 and uh, the last the last two goals for, for Ghent is, is not so good, but I think uh, yeah, we have all possibilities to, to go through the next round and uh, we will we will see them again in three weeks. Champions League is, is something special for me, I, I like to play this, this tournament and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that I can, that I could help my team today. John, it seems like it was a big night for Julian Draxler. He was effectively the guy they signed to replace Kevin De Bruyne. And while they're not like for like, he was expected to, to impose himself in this squad this season. Yeah, a man who's reported to be the second biggest transfer in Bundesliga history. And I think that a few people had been criticising him in the first half of this season. But that was the performance of uh, a real top quality player that we saw tonight. Not just for the two goals, it was everything that he had, the link up, the intelligence. Uh, he played with Max Kruser and Max Arnold uh, and Villarinha as a, as a forward four. But Kruser dropping off and pulling wide and Draxler and Max Arnold pushing on as well. They were really, really good in the first half tonight. Wolfsburg. And bearing in mind, their form has been really, really poor in the Bundesliga since match day six. Only one win in between that time, but they were very impressive tonight against uh, against side who had plenty of heart. But what they didn't perhaps have was the quality of big money signings like Julian Draxler. Uh, and John, who impressed you for, for Ghent, in the, in, particularly in that late comeback? Because they, they looked dead and buried. Yeah, I think Sven Kums, as the captain, really sort of like grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and dragged them back into that game with his goals. They did find it difficult. Uh, De Jaga looks a real talent. He never stopped working. He was buzzing around the forward line all night and he was an inspiration as well. And I think if you're going to pick anyone out who really helped them get back into the game, it, it was De Jaga. 
Uh, John, thank you very much. I think who you want for your man of the match, but I suspect I know who you're going to pick. Uh, we'll get that before the end of the show. Wolfsburg with a 3-2 win at Ghent. Uh, let's look at the four other round of 16 ties that are taking place next week. Chris Parrott alongside me. Chris on Tuesday, 23rd of February. Arsenal, Barcelona and Juventus, Bayern. Probably the best day's <laughs> football we've got of the round of 16. Yeah, absolute blockbuster. If you said those two were semi-finals, uh, I'd say, yeah, fine, brilliant. Um, how do Arsenal stop Messi, Suarez, Neymar? Vitally important at home that they get something one would imagine, and stopping those through over 180 minutes or maybe more is, I think, is going to be the really big question. But Arsenal are having a good season. They had a huge win against Leicester in the English Premier League. They're right in the title uh, matchup. And, and Juve Bayern, who have been to so many finals between them, it, it's a fa fabulous tie, I think. Chiellini, big doubt for Juventus, but Bayern at the back have a dreadful injury list. And, uh, and whether that might be important in that tie, we've got... Vidal going back to Turin. Um, that game is is really hard to call, I think. When the draw was made, Bayern were, were overwhelming favourites with those injuries with Juventus's form in Serie A. They've hit the top there. That is such a big game. One of those two giants is going to head out in the last 16. I'll go back to with the latest uh, Bayern defender with an injury. Chris, a quick one on Wednesday. PSV Atletico uh, and Dinamo Kiev, Manchester City. PSV top in the Netherlands. Atletico second in Spain. Mm. But it's all about City really trying to get to the quarterfinals against Dinamo Kiev. Yeah, never made it, but they've run into to Barcelona in what, the last couple of years when they've made this stage. This is their chance now. They're favourites for the tie, but we've seen Dinamo Kiev impress in England, they came through a very, very difficult group just behind Chelsea, but ahead of Porto. Yeah. How impressive was that? There'll be no pushovers in Kiev, but this for Manchester City, I think. Manuel Pellegrini is leaving in the summer. Pep Guardiola is taking over. That group of players, you know, Raheem Sterling was excellent in the group stage, but you're thinking David Silva, Yaya Torre, Sergio Aguero. These are world-class players on their day. They haven't shown it yet in the UEFA Champions League consistently in a Manchester City shirt. They have a really good opportunity over the next couple of weeks to, to fire that club into a, a position they've never been. Uh, a reminder, you can join us on Match Day Live from 19.30 CET on all of those nights of UEFA Champions League football. OK, it's time for Man of the Matches. Adam Summerton, um, we'll start with you from your game. Um, who, who gets Man of the Match in the game of the Stadio Olimpico? Well, I think a special mention for Cristiano Ronaldo because that moment of inspiration really got him in front and, and he was fantastic in that respect. But from a Man of the Match, because I think he was just outstanding at the bat, would be the captain, Sergio Ramos, who I really think led brilliantly. Uh, and John Bradley, I'd like to guess, but who is your man of the match and why? Not Julian Draxler. Oh, come on. Max Kruse <laughs> hasn't had that many opportunities to lead the line since moving uh, to Wolfsburg from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Tonight he did in the absence of Bastos that he responded to that pressure with a goal and an all-round performance of real quality. We expect Draxler to perform like that. He did. But tonight Max Kruse really lived up to his billing as well. Uh, John, thank you very much. That's all we have time for. It's been a brilliant round of 16 first-leg set of games. On Tuesday, Paris Saint-Germain secured a 2-1 lead over Chelsea, while Benfica scored that late winner in Portugal to edge Zenit 1-0. Then on Wednesday, Real Madrid travelled to Italy and a Cristiano Ronaldo's screamer means Roma have it all to do at the Bernabeu in the second leg. Hesse with the second in that game. 
Wolfsburg, who were in complete control at 3-0, saw a spirited comeback from Ghent. That means it's all to play for in that one. Join us from 1930 CET on Tuesday next week for commentary of Arsenal against Barcelona and Juventus against Bayern. And on Wednesday, PSV Atletico and Dinamo Kiev, Manchester City. But for now, from Chris Parrott, John Bradley, Adam Summerton and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. A oh, lovely ball over the top for Cavani, right outside in the area! Edinson Cavani! A substitution par excellence from Laurent Blanc. Paris Saint-Germain 2, Chelsea 1. The free kick from that has come in and it's gone in! They have the goal, Benfica! Would you believe it in the final minute of the 90? My oh my, what a climax, 90 minutes on the clock. It is Benfica 1, 10-man Zenit nil. Dracula's in on goal, he's won the ball, he's dinked it over the goalkeeper. You have to say, that is simply magnificent. Julian Draxler, it's headed down and into the back of the net. It's Khalifa Koulibaly, the substitute, who has given Ghent an even bigger grab of the rope in this tie. They're clinging on. It's Ghent 2, Wolfsburg 3. Tries a right-footed shot in. Oh, that is magnificent. What a finish by Hesse to pick out the bottom right-hand corner. But that is a quite sensational finish from Hesse to make it Roma nil, Real Madrid 2. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.